It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. Of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight we're talking... Lost number eight in a row for the Rockets. Couldn't get it done tonight. Final score for the Rockets and Sixers tonight, 133-113. Rockets fall by 20 tonight, despite having a one-point lead at halftime. A good first half, not so good second half. Um, And I can't talk about this alone, so... Let me bring up my co-pilot, Michael Brown, to talk about tonight's game. Mike, you know, we we had a good first half, um, but I wish we could say the same about the second half. I mean, Joel Embiid is a freak, dude. I mean, what do you say? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Daniel Tice, first of all, Daniel Tice is awful. I, I mean, he's just terrible. Like, he's just not good. 
Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about what he did on the offensive end, but defensively, which is what I thought his bread and butter was, I, I think rotationally he's hurt by the guys around him. Like I feel like he's a very good defensive player if he's surrounded by other above-average defenders. That's what he had when he was in Boston. He doesn't have that here, and I think he's his shortcomings are really coming through. So See, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Tice. I'm gonna defend Tice a little bit um, in this okay. episode. I just think um, you know he played 34 minutes tonight. Was the most out of anybody, and I'm not saying he played well, but given the circumstances, he was the only big tonight. He was given a real tall task to defend Joel Embiid, who had 31, 15, and 10, was basically their whole offense. And Joel Embiid is, is difficult to stop as it is. And, you know, he's seven foot. And Daniel Tice is four inches shorter than that. He it's the Daniel Tice was just the scapegoat tonight because no one could have defended uh, Daniel Tice, uh, like Joel Embiid better tonight, in my opinion. I think Jay Sean Tate... Had he defended him more? And, and the thing is, Jay Shante and David Nwaba got looks on, on MV throughout the night, but they that would have led to possibly, you know, just fouling. And then what that would have led to was a mismatch elsewhere with, with Tobias Harris, who also is bigger than pretty much every Rocket that played tonight. Uh, so, like, the Rockets were playing short. They were playing uh, without Christian Wood. They were playing without Kevin Porter. And I think the fact that they had as good of a first half as they did was pretty impressive. Um, it's just, unfortunately, they, they ran out of gas. Uh, Philly kind of caught fire in that third quarter. They woke up and got into the game, and, and they kind of ran away with it. So, you know, I think tonight there, there is a lot of good takeaways from that, and that's kind of what I want to focus on with this episode before we talk about uh, Silas's press conference earlier today about Kevin Porter and Christian Wood and, and all that went down with that. But I mean, that first half, um, some, some big highlights from that first half, KJ Martin looked pretty bouncy. Like he usually does. I was very impressed by him tonight. Uh, And, and he was got, he was getting more minutes than usual because uh, no, no Christian Wood, no Shangun, no Garuba, who uh, tested positive for COVID, so he's in health and safety protocols. Um, so KJ Martin tonight, Mike, five of nine from the field, eleven points, eight rebounds, twenty six minutes for him. What do you think, of KJ tonight? Probably did great. I mean, I, th- I think the more I'm an advocate for more minutes for KJ Martin, no matter what. I mean, period, end of story. I don't care where they play him. I don't care, you know in the words of the go Jeremy Brenner positionless basketball, you know, get him on the court. You know, it's still tonight. I mean, 26 minutes. That, that's not enough to me, you know, on, on any given night, I want him. I mean, 28 to 30, like somewhere in that number. Feels I mean, right if, to if me. we're going to get, if we're going to get that upset over two minutes, no, no, no. I'm just saying like tonight was a positive step in that direction. But I want more. I want more of K.J. Martin. I just feel like he has such an impact on the game, you know, in a positive way. You know, and well, can, the, the quickest and, path to him getting these minutes is at the five um, because because I mean, but he's his size doesn't match that of the five. If you're playing him at the five, it means you're playing a real small lineup. He's only six, five. Uh, he plays a lot bigger than that, but that's that's what he is. Um, and the thing with K.J. is. 
I think he's the kind – I don't think he needs more minutes. I think, yes, he impacts the game and all that, but what – when he impacted the game was, was kind of in spurts. He's the kind of guy that you get in order to kind of, uh, like, quickly get a lead. He – I don't think K.J. Martin is a starting caliber forward in the NBA. I just uh, – to me, I just don't see it. Um, I think he's, I've always thought that he's like one of the guys you bring first or second up off the bench, you bring him in at the end of that first quarter and you just get as much energy out of him as possible. Then in that second half, when you've got, uh, rough legs, you bring in a guy like KJ Martin to, you know, kind of revive your offense a little bit and your defense as well. So, um, I think he did that tonight and, and especially in that first half. Uh, so I think KJ, Tonight is like what you would see from him on a normal night. I don't think like any of the rotational changes um, were, I mean, yes, the rotational changes did affect KJ's minutes. Like I don't think he would play 26 minutes had Shangun been uh, active tonight, had uh, Garuba been active tonight, had Christian Wood been active tonight. But I think if we're looking at like KJ Martin and what he could be to the Rockets in the future, I think this was pretty close to it uh, as to like what his ceiling could be. For the Rockets. Yeah. And that guy can make, you know, eight, nine, like that guy can make a decent amount of money in the NBA could be like a, you know, like a 12 and a half million dollar per year kind of guy. That's a pretty good career. It's a great career. I'm with you. I just want, I want more KJ Martin in my life. If I'm a Rockets. And I think we're going to get it. I, yeah, I think the biggest thing with KJ Martin this year, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it, put him in the dunk contest. Like Jalen Green's got a case for the dunk contest soon. I don't know if they're going to put two Rockets in the dunk contest. Maybe they should just put four Rockets in the dunk contest. Say, <laughs> Russell Lee, you can have the night off. Yeah. Let's give the Rockets a win for yeah. one night. Let's let's at least, you know, ensure I, that they will get a win. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I mean, I honestly think, though, I mean, and this is me being 100% serious. I think it's there's interesting dynamics with his dad being Kenyon Martin. You know, you can incorporate him. And I just think the kid can fly. I think he's, if you ever hear him talk, like he's an engaging type of guy. He's a, he's just a good dude. And I'm sure we're going to, I want to talk about this at some point in the show. I actually really enjoyed watching the game tonight for a lot of reasons, but number one, they just, they played tonight like a team and they stayed with Philadelphia a lot longer than I thought they did than they would. And they just, they have a bunch of dudes that shut their mouth, play the game the right way, play it as hard as they can, and see where the chips fall. And I loved it. You know, and I don't know if we need to add anything else to that. I'm not saying that. I think it was important that they they were able to get this done tonight. I think having, having everything that happened in Saturday's loss happen i think they needed to come out and and have a spirited um a spirited effort and i think they did that tonight they they got the message and they they played it and i think that's why they were winning by by halftime and i can guarantee you uh, i'm pretty sure the, the i wasn't in the locker room mike and i don't think you were either but i think we can agree that the vibes in the locker room were a little bit more positive than they were on saturday night <laughs> well yeah and nobody I, left the arena as far as we know yeah, they well, the, the what's going on with the dream take at this point is that as soon as we go off the air, we'll find out somebody did leave the arena. Oh, okay. Uh, who 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 left the arena tonight? 
I wish it was Daniel Tice the way he was shooting. Yeah, well, Daniel Tice was there in the second half, so unfortunately that is not the case. I digress. Maybe Gerald Green. Uh, But, I mean, the vibes were were right tonight, you know, with the team. And I, I give credit to the players who showed up tonight. Daniel Tice knew in his time in Boston going up against a guy like Embiid. I mean, Embiid is is a load, you know, and that dude is has come leaps and bounds since he got into the league. Uh, offensively, yeah, so the thing with Daniel Tice, Mike, is like, are you talking about him on offense or defense? Uh, no, he's terrible. Because here's here's my thing about he's terrible. He's terrible. He was terrible tonight offensively. Defensively, he did what he could, and I give him credit for that. But this team just isn't was not good defensively with the guys they had available tonight. Yeah, in the second look, half. defense offensively, I should say. Um, when you have a guy like Daniel Tice, like the, the Sixers left him open. That's why he took seven threes tonight because he was open. Yeah, because he's he got an open shot. Because he it's, sucks. It's really three. hard to pass that up. Because in the NBA, like you really, it's it's really difficult to get a good shot. And, and when you have an open shot, you take it. And and I, I at least, you know, because because the thing is, we are like we're we're we commend players. Excuse me, I'm like in the weeds on, after that sentence. But let me try to retrain my thoughts and, and get into the sentence. When we when you are a shooter. When you are a player, everyone is given the green light to shoot on the Rockets. We, we've established that. And it's like Gerald Green. Gerald Green, whenever he would miss, he would still keep going. Eric Gordon also is, is a guy that does that. And, and we commend those players. Why are we not, you know, commending Tice for that? Because he can't shoot the three ball. He's shooting sub 27% from three. And also the timing of his three tonight was terrible. Like there was, I think three of his seven threes were at points where the Rockets were down by less than 12 points, 12 points or less. I should say it's just, it's not good. Plus you're also comparing your center to your shooting guards. Like you can't do that. It's okay to say, yeah, it's it's very fair. You know, but look, I'm not faulting. And I'll probably get shot on for that. From, well, from some listeners. and I will defend you to the ends of the earth, but I'm just saying that a guy like Daniel Tice, you can't get, I, I have to apologize okay, but here's, because I, I can't get, you can't get mad at him. Like you can't get but, mad okay, at a guy that was benched and now. Let's try to twist this, Mike. He took some stupid shots, but that's okay. I don't fault him for anything. Let's try to twist this. I lost you there for a little bit, but let's try to twist this. Okay. He missed six threes tonight. What if he makes three of them and goes four? Like, what if he makes half of his misses? Because there were a lot of them that were, um, like, wide open shots. Like, they weren't bad shots that he was taking. If he was taking them smothered by Joel Embiid, then that's another story. But let's, what if he makes them? And what if Halle Berry shows up at my door in nothing but a trench coat but Mike, a steak like, dinner? Like that's that that's way too different. That, that's way so too different. It's not because the shots didn't. You're not. Fall. She might. Okay, but, but what if they did? Like okay, but you can also say the same thing for Jalen Green. Yeah, Jalen Green, Green wasn't good offensively. Made half tonight. of his misses tonight. I get where I get where you're coming from. What if DJ Augustine makes half of his misses tonight? 
You know, and then and then you say, okay, well, now that's if we're adding up Jalen Green's misses, that's four, that's four field goals. We'll assume that we'll just say that's 10 points. Then you take Daniel Tice, half of his misses. Well, then that's 19 points, and then it's a one-point game. You just gotta make the shots. Like at the end of the day, if you're a shooter, you gotta be a scorer and you gotta make the shots. And that that's really all that there is to it. The flip and, side, the flip side of that though, real quick is mm-hmm. he shot the he shot eight threes. I want those eight threes going to seven threes. But yes. Seven threes. Sorry. He was one of seven. I want those seven shots going to either a Garrison Matthews and Aaron Gordon. Like move the ball. Your job on the floor on the offensive. Yeah, but those guys set- weren't as wide open as Daniel Tice was on these shots. That's what I'm trying to say. That's fair. Yeah, I totally get that. And, and look, Garrison Matthews and Eric Gordon, they made their shots tonight, yeah. at least from the three point line. If I'm Garrison Daniel Matthews Tice Matthews tonight Season oh, high twenty three. Special. He was great tonight. It's the Rockets so good to have look very back. different when he's on his game. It's the energy, man. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'm saying is, if I'm Daniel Tice, when I get minutes, set screens, move the ball, get into the paint for easy buckets. I don't. No more threes, man. No more threes. Him and Jay Sean Tate. Like Jay Sean Tate was 0 4 from three tonight. And but his Jay Sean Tate was open. That's that's the thing is Jay Sean Tate was open. That's well, that's a good scouting job by the Sixers because Jay Sean Tate's not a good three point shooter either. And that's no. the thing. It's the that's growth that is needed by this team. And it's going to come. It's going to come. But the but thing with Jay Sean Tate is that's perhaps the only weakness of his game. Yeah. And he's so valuable on in every other aspect that you have to play him. And Daniel Tice was only out there because the top two options at the center position we're not available tonight. So that's why Daniel Tice. So that's the thing. This should not be an indictment on Steven Silas because who else are you going to go play? If anyone yeah. can try to put on your, your Steven Silas hat tonight and tell me with the current uh, complexion of this roster, the players that were available tonight, how you create a rotation with your available players that – can win this game, please, please tell me. Because I really don't think that it can be done. No. I really don't. No. Um, so that, so that's the thing is tonight's loss is just, you know what? Maybe you can blame Christian Wood and Kevin Porter for doing what they did the other night. Or you can just say, hey, the Rockets got beat by a better team. You can do one of those two things. Um, and personally, I'm just going to say they got beat by a better team because I do think that, you know, the Rockets needed to suspend Christian Wood and Kevin Porter. I think it was the right decision. And I guess we're going to kind of segue into that. So um, obviously Christian Wood, Kevin Porter were not available in tonight's game. They were suspended by the team for conduct detrimental to the team. Both players accepted the present, uh, suspensions and are ready to move on. Uh, Steven Silas addressed the media about this Pre-game, Mike, did you catch any of what Silas said pre-game, or should I uh, release it uh, back to the listeners? I did, but I think you should give a Cliff Notes version of what he said. So basically, um, the the part that I think is more important, I guess the part we'll dive into first, is with Kevin Porter, because I think that um, that mm-hmm. is what's most important um, out of these two very different issues. I think... I think it's easy to lump them in the same issue because it was uh, at the same time. But also, um, I think it's important because 
it is it is two very different uh scenarios so um let's this is what steven silas said about kevin porter he's emotional he's a competitor he's a good kid he owns up to his mistakes after he makes them and he calls this a bump in the road he crossed the line he'll be back and we'll still love him we'll grow with him and everything will be okay and honestly mike i think this is the right way to go about it because i think yes it needed to be addressed it was addressed it was given time to heal and, uh, you know, they didn't just let this go off and, and take this as nothing. But at the same time, they are looking to move forward. And I think you and I, when we were talking during our emergency pod Sunday morning, that was kind of the that was kind of the message that I was trying to echo is is this needs to be addressed. But it's not, you know, the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. And look, let's put the cards on the table. This kid can play. If if he was a mid-level type of guy, not the potential future starting point guard for this team, he would have been cut already. Everyone knows that. If everyone's being honest about Kevin Porter Jr., yeah, he had some, some bumps in the road in Cleveland and now in Houston. He was never going to get cut. He was never going to get released. The Rockets think way too much of this kid, and this kid is too good at basketball for the Rockets to give up on him. They addressed it. They suspended him. I anticipate he comes back the next game and we're ready to go. Yeah, I think that I think that's very well put, Um, you know, and then with Christian Wood, you know, I think. I think more of what happened, um, more of what happened on Saturday night was kind of pointed towards Kevin Porter, just because his act was probably a little bit more dramatic and he does have more. Uh, stock right now with the Rockets future so I think that that's why um, the attention kind of was pointed towards uh, his direction but Christian Wood at the end of the day um, you know I think we haven't really heard too much from him about it Um, but I also I also think that it's um, it will get you know, kind of resolved. I think it's hopefully it's been resolved and we can move forward. I do have uh, less confidence that it is versus Kevin Porter. But um, I do think that Christian would, because I think he understands, you know, kind of where he is. Um, so where he is in his career right now and what he can add. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm think, just, I think with I'm Christian just, Wood, we're moving well, on just like we are with Kevin Porter. I mean, I'm disappointed in Wood, though. I, I mean, I'm disappointed, I, you, but, but I'm disappointed in both of them. You can't be disappointed in one and not well, the other. Well, that's that, what I'm saying. Both I, of what they did was terrible. Well, right. I'm, I'm more, I should say I'm more disappointed in Wood because you and I both know in today's day and age, they could have, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. got reported that he was in contact with the organization shortly thereafter saying, you know, I'm sorry. He was apologetic. He felt terrible. That was what was reported, but we don't know. You know, we we don't know else. Right, but we don't know what Christian Wood said. Both because it wasn't guys, reported on. Right, but both uh, of these We don't guys, know what's happening behind closed doors. Correct, but both of these guys are active on social media. Everyone's got that stupid notes function on their phone. He could have come out, apologized for his actions, and we all moved past it. Christian Wood didn't do that. I also but think... Usually, usually, Mike, it's like... It's, you know, players' agents usually tell them in a position like this to not 
do anything on social media because it's only going to it's not going to make things better. Like putting things on social media doesn't necessarily make things better. Just because you say something to the fans doesn't mean anything. Because at the end of the day, the Rockets, like, yes, they do. Uh, they do recognize the fans and they do acknowledge that there are fans and there are millions of followers watching this team very closely. But at the end of the day, this is a job just like your sales job and my writing job. Like it's, it's just, we're doing our job and not everyone needs to, you know, be given 24 seven access to it. So just because he says uh, sorry on social media, doesn't mean he's saying sorry to the people on the team. And that's what really matters. I agree. Look at what Antonio Brown did yesterday. And Antonio Brown (laughs) only made himself look worse by his social media after effects. (laughs) He's at the next. It didn't look much better. And like, so, so that's what I'm trying to say is, and honestly, I think the Antonio Brown news kind of like snuffed this out. I think that had that not happened yesterday, I do think there would have been a lot more people that were um, fixating on this. And, you know, this was only the biggest story for less than 24 hours. And the Rockets should be thankful for that because uh, Antonio Brown uh, kind of said, hold my beer and uh, did what well, he did yesterday. So I think I think the Rockets have him partially to thank for it. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that either guy should, uh, you know, put out anything, needs to put out a letter, needs to do whatever, apologizing to anybody. I'm saying that that's what, a, in my eyes, in my opinion, that's what a leader like Christian Wood should do. Because so all of maybe it, because, he did that in the Rockets group chat. Maybe he said, hey, guys, Sorry. Like that's all that matters. That's also that should matter. But the thing is, is that all it is now is speculation instead of actually doing it. And then that way there's something speculation that, for the fans that he owes nothing to that have been so terrible to him ever since he got here pretty much. But speculation that he owes it to the franchise that is paying him $14 million to put okay, on to good, the franchise. Fit, so we don't good, know what he's saying to the franchise. I look, I, I'm with you. I'm just saying that the franchise paying you $14 million this year, it doesn't hurt to put out a, all of these guys do it. What's it called? Yes, it will. Honestly, it will. Social media is very toxic, especially for players and especially for a guy like Christian Wood after what he did. Well, tell tell that to Jalen Green then who's on IG all of the time. Josh Christopher on IG all the time. He was on IG on right after. Okay, but Jalen Green and Josh Christopher have not done anything wrong. And they're not saying anything. I know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there that right now, all it is is conjecture as to at least there's something from Kevin Porter Jr.'s camp that shows that he's somewhat remorseful for what happened on Saturday night. There's nothing from Christian Wood, thus moving me even closer to the camp of I'm done with this dude and I want him gone. And Mike, and Mike, he do not care. Uh, Fine. Fine. You know what? Yeah. He do not care. Good. I'm glad he that he doesn't care. He doesn't care about your opinion, nor does he care about mine. Good. Who cares? He doesn't. I I totally get that, but I'm saying he's doing no no favors to endear the fan base to his situation and status with the team. That's all I'm saying. I want him gone. I know he doesn't give a rip about what you and I think, what anybody thinks, but that's showing his leadership skills are thus very lacking, and I don't want him here. No, that's not what it shows. 
it, it absolutely it's not what shows it shows. You, like Mike, you're so close. Like I think you're you're so close to understanding where I'm at, but then you like at the very end, it like it like swerves right. His leadership skills are not on trial here. Oh, they absolutely are. You well, okay. Me? Let me let me let me rephrase this. His leadership skills are on trial here, but his action, his actions outside of any of that, do not reflect that. How his leadership he... skills will be reflected when he plays on the court in the next game. So, and so his the next lack game, of the next his lack of you're saying that his leadership skills are not on trial here because he refused. No, they are. They sub- are on trial. Okay. I misspoke, but let me, okay. let, me, let me backtrack. His leadership skills are on trial, but what he does on social media and anything that he does, um, like his his inactivity on social media does not contribute to his lack of leadership. Okay. I'm saying it in, today's, in today's day If someone day says age. nothing, that doesn't prove to me anything. All that I, that all that I care about and all that anyone should care about is what he does on the court. And if he proves on the court when we play Washington on Wednesday that he is playing team basketball and he's, and he's for the Rockets and all that, and he's dropping 20 and 10, hopefully, and we win in Washington, everything's all good. Even oh, if they care. lose against yeah. Washington, even if they lose against Washington, but he's playing as hard as he can, that's what matters. And then then we can move towards, okay, maybe we can, you know, see him as, you know, some kind of leader. But at the end of the day, once again, whatever he does off the court and all of that, as long as he isn't hurting anybody and as long as it doesn't affect the inside machinations or whatever with the Rockets, we, we can't use that as, like, as evidence to judge him for – uh, for his basketball leadership, it's just no. It's well, two let me, things. Okay, so let me let me address that because what you just said, his actions are creating those types of situations. But that's, Mike, he, he's doing nothing. He's doing nothing. That's the that's, he's literally he's literally existing. Exactly, and if his existence is bothering people. That's ridiculous. His existence with the way he acted on Saturday and his reaction to me is not sufficient but in a Mike, leader he's on reacting, the his reaction is nothing he, we have no reaction exactly that's my whole point at least you have a reaction from Kevin Porter Jr. that multiple reports have been verified that he is in contact with the organization that he was apologetic for the way things went down why have we not gotten the same thing about Christian Wood that's my question maybe and, it but the thing is Mike is is we have How? Steven Silas said that Christian Wood accepted the suspension. He accepted the suspension because he doesn't have a choice. He's an employee, and he's ready to move forward. He's ready to move forward. Okay, but yeah, okay. Well, that's something. all right. Let's let's see what other people have to say about this. Let's add another okay. perspective in here. Sure. Uh, let's bring up Ryan here. All right, Ryan, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? How are you doing, guys? Uh, What's up, Ryan? I don't. I mean. Do you want my opinion on just the whole like green? You're the one coming up here. You drop your take. Well, it's more it's it's more of a question that has to do with wood because um, there's a lot of speculation of of wood being uh, traded, and I'm sick of hearing the rumors. But my question is, 
if if a wood and shingun pairing can't work, do you have to trade wood, or can wood be used differently in the Rockets, uh, you know, uh, franchise? Well, I mean, where are you going to move them? You can't put them on the bench. I mean, honestly, I think you – I mean, uh, I wouldn't – Look at what happened when they put him on the bench. Yeah, he sucked because he pouted like a little baby and acted like a child and threw a temper tantrum. And eventually – I mean, I think all three of us are in the same camp that we all believe that Shen Goon is the future big man of this team. Is that correct? He would, though? I mean – Jeremy, I don't know. Thing. In, five, in, in three years, I say either Christian Wood or Alperin Shangun is the starting five of this team, and you can only have one of those two guys. Who's your guy? He, Wood wanted to be here. He even said it himself that he came here because he wanted to be here, you know, when he first got traded here. Uh, yeah, he, I don't he know. did choose the Rockets, but, but obviously the team that he signed on is very different than the team that is here now. And I'm not saying that Wood doesn't want to be in Houston, um, but you have to look at the future when it comes to the Rockets. And, and Shangun does have a higher ceiling than, than Wood in terms of what he can be. Because I think what we're seeing now is Christian Wood's prime. And with Alper and Shangun, they're two different players. So it's really hard to compare the two, but because they played a similar position, you do need to see that. And there isn't enough of a sample size to determine if these two can coexist on the court together. And I think that the Rockets should do their due diligence in finding that out. But because of what happened on Saturday, you do run the risk of Christian Wood possibly walking in free agency a year from now. And you run the risk of that value deteriorating um, as as this season goes on. Obviously, I'm a, I've always said this about trade value is that at any moment it can uh, increase and at any moment it can decrease and at any moment it can become zero. So you run that risk with everybody and you also run that risk with Christian Wood. But I think if the Rockets are going to move on from Christian Wood now, it's because they don't see him as a guy they want to run forward with, not for basketball reasons. And to me, that would be, if they were to trade him now, I think that's what it would be. They, they're they just looking to move on from him. If it's, because at the end of the day, they the Christian Wood is a very talented player. 17 and 10 does not grow on trees every day. You have to develop that. And you have that right now. You have a full grown tree that gives you the oranges. Why are you going to trade an orange tree for, for seeds that may not grow into being that, that potential, but given Wood's character um, and what given Wood's character flaws that he showcased on Saturday, that's why they would trade Christian Wood if they did it now, because between now and the deadline, which is nearly a month away, and with with Shangun that's going to be out for a chunk of that as well, you still that's still not enough of a sample size for me. You need to have at least a couple more months. And the problem is the Rockets don't have all that time to work with because the draft is approaching really quickly. And there are so many big prospects that they can go out and get that will make a front court with Shangun, 
Wood, and whomever, whether it be Boncaro or whether it be uh, Jabari Smith or Chet or any of those guys, it's just going to make it really difficult, and it's going to be a crowded front court, and you're not going to have the speed that you're able to play with that the Rockets love to play with, and you have all these guards that also need that playing time as well. So I think when it comes to Christian Wood, if they trade him in the next couple months, it will show to me that they want to move on from him as a part of their culture. And they also see, um, they don't see him as the long-term fit. So you also said that, I want to touch on one thing you just said. You said that they're different players. Did I hear that correctly? They are different players. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. I they are different players because I don't, I don't think so. Shengun's a guy that can create for you, that can create for others, that usually likes to stand at the top of the key. Christian Wood has been best utilized as someone who can crash the glass and is a roller. And Shengun is not that. Shengun is the guy that you play in the post or you get him at the top of the key and you you get him to, you know, do one of his, you know, prolific passes to whomever in the corner or help create for other people. With Christian See? Wood, and the thing is that's they haven't utilized these two like this. And and that's why I think maybe there's a bit of frustration within Rockets fans is that they haven't really utilized those two together because they do have aspects that can complement each other. And the thing is what we've seen with Christian Wood, his pairing with Daniel Tice does not work because Daniel Tice is a defensive guy and he's a guy that just kind of soaks up a lot of a lot of space. Whereas Shangoon doesn't necessarily have to be that. Shangun is a guy that is a creator, a guy that creates space for others, is a guy that can, um, you know, he is someone that can create for so many different other people. Tice is not that. And Wood, the reason why he's adopted that role as this creator is because Daniel Tice is not there complimenting him. Daniel Tice is not a compliment to Christian Wood, but Shangun might be. We don't know yet because we haven't gotten that sample size from them yet that we desperately need. So the Rockets have between now and the end of the season to, to decide whether Wood and Shangun are a possible pairing. And if they feel that the answer is no, they'll either trade Christian Wood at the deadline or they'll draft Christian Wood's replacement in the draft and I'd imagine that they deal Christian Wood during the offseason. Does that so answer you, your question, Ryan? Jeremy, you think you think uh uh Shingun and Wood are the same, but then uh, No, I, I, I said that I said the absolute I think that they're very I think they're different enough to where they can they can complement each other, but we haven't seen them enough on the court yet to right. really um prove that point. And I and the think- thing is they might not work, but we don't know yet because we haven't uh, had the sample size to see that. I agree because Shingun is a post center while Christian Wood is uh, like your all-around space the floor kind of center. Michael, how come you don't agree with this? What's your take on that? Because neither one of them are defensive anchors. Neither one of those guys like to A, neither one of them are great rebounders. That's a massive problem. Number two, neither one of them you can put on an opposing big man and allow them to bang with that type of big man, which is becoming more and more prevalent in today's NBA. Both players prefer to play a majority of their time on the floor on the perimeter, especially Christian Wood. And Shangun, while he likes to play with his back to the basket sometimes, he still likes to spend way too much time on the perimeter. 
there's no spacing with either one of those guys on the court. It's a no, Mike. Problem. That that is problem. that that spacing though, Mike, is being on the perimeter. Yeah, it's, but, it's creating as much space to either have your guards drive so they have an open lane to play with, or enough space to where when they collapse on you, you have enough space to kick out for three. Space w- space works like that when you have good three point shooters on the court. Neither one of those guys are. So it allows the defense to zero in on the other three players on the court. And you don't think Alperin Shangun can improve all of these aspects of this game, which he has already proven that he's taking positive steps into all of these places? I think he can improve. But, I mean, do you think he's going to improve his three-point shot to offset? I think he's going to improve everything. He's 19. No, but I'm saying offset his three-point shooting – or, excuse me, improve his three-point shooting to the point – where now the defense has to respect his three-point shot. Yes, I think that will definitely uh, – the thing is, it might not be within the next couple of months, and that's where your your timelines uh, are getting screwed up, and and it's where it might not work for now, given the current timelines of everybody on the team. But Shengun can become that. Like – and that's why you're higher on Shengun than you are on Christian Wood because he has the time to develop that and he is going to be here for the future. Whereas Christian Wood, he's only guaranteed to be here until the end of next season. So that is what is complicated about both of these guys is there's just so much. You, there's only so much that they can do with the current uh, complexion of the team. And right now, when it comes to those two guys, I want to see more from them when we can. But right now, I think they at this point, at this point, it's these next couple of games are going to be very important for Christian Wood because it's going to prove if he can bounce back from his lowest moment as a rocket. And if he is, then I say keep him. And then when Shangun comes back, play the two together, see what happens. But if he is unable to uh, to bounce back from this and he's not able to get to where the Rockets need him to be, then you trade him because he's not a culture fit. And then you might not get um, as much value for him as you possibly could have had all of this not happened. But, you know, the Rockets couldn't have guaranteed, you know, couldn't have guessed that this would happen. Um, You know, yes, that's maybe why a lot of the, a lot of the league passed up on him, but, if Christian Wood doesn't play a game for the Rockets again, which I'm assuming he will, um, but like if this is the end of Christian Wood's tenure in Houston, I wouldn't say it's a failure um, because he was an important part of the team. Granted, yes, for not a very bright part of Rockets history, but it was still the right decision at the time when Rafael Stone made the signing and he played his best basketball here and he played better than what his contract was suggesting. So bringing Christian Wood to Houston has not been a failure. And if he, if his Houston career is over, which it's obviously not right now, I I would say that it is still a success, but Ryan, anything, anything else before we move on to another speaker? Um, Yeah. So if, so if a, it does come down to the guy that they do decide to trade wood. I have some scenarios that I want to have you guys listen to real quick. Um, what's, I don't know if any of these three would work, but, uh, Woodwall for, here's the first one, Turner, Brogdon, uh, number no, two, 
is Kemba Robinson for Wood, Wooden no, Wall. No, I, Wooden I would Wall do that. For Fox and Holmes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, are you asking, would the Rockets, should the Rockets do that, or should the other team do that? Uh, I guess if both parties, I mean. Because the Rockets should say all three, but the, the Pacers say no to that because they're looking to rebuild as well. The Knicks say no to that because Mitchell Robinson's not the kind of guy that they're trying to give up. And no to the Kings because while, yes, there is kind of a, a stuckness in Sacramento with that, you know, Darren Fox is not going nowhere. He signed a max contract with them. And you don't just trade a max contract for Christian Wood. If not Fox Why the, Ro- the Rockets traded their max guy for peanuts? Why not the Kings? They didn't, Mike. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Fox. I'm then, just like, kidding. Halliburton. But at this point, look, I'm glad you brought up Sacramento, Ryan, because I think that is a possible destination. Um, but I'm going to send you back into the audience for just a second. But thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, no, I think Sacramento is an option that that makes sense in a potential Christian Wood trade. And I don't want to talk too much about this because we'll have a whole month to talk about it. Um, but Sacramento makes sense for Christian Wood because Sacramento is a team that is trying to make their first playoff appearance in 16 years. And they're a good team, but if they're looking to buy, getting a guy like Christian Wood could be there. I think him and De'Aaron Fox would be really strong together. I would really like that. Um, and they have, the thing is, they have three lead guards, right? You have De'Aaron Fox, you have Tyrese Halliburton, who was their lottery pick last year, and then you have Davion Mitchell, who was their lottery pick this year. And those three guys, I mean, the Rockets should look into getting one of those guys. Now, could it possibly create that same issue that they have in Sacramento in Houston? Possibly, yes. And I'd imagine that out of those three guys, the guy that would be most intriguing to the Rockets obviously would be De'Aaron Fox, but he's not on the table. So if you're asking between Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, they're both very similar. I like Halliburton better because I think he's a little bit more complete, and I do think that he is the one out of those three that needs the ball in their hands the least. But getting a Davion Mitchell for a guy like Christian Wood is something that the Rockets should definitely listen to if that's on the table because getting a – that's basically like another lottery pick for you. Like if if they got Davion Mitchell, that would be five of the top 24 picks in this past draft in Houston. So are you talking about if you're doing that deal, you're going to put Wood with Rashawn Holmes in the front court if you're Sacramento? I think that that is – Because if I'm the Rockets, I want Rashawn Holmes over another guard. Getting another guard makes no sense. The thing is – have a starting backcourt. I don't know if Rashawn Holmes would be on the table. That that to me is is where but if, if he is on the table, then then yes, you look into that. Um but I'm pretty sure Rashawn Holmes signed like a pretty big contract. Um, four years, eighty million. Four years, four years, eighty million. million. So yeah. I get I guess those um or four years forty six. So I guess that that is a very similar contract uh to what Christian Wood has, um, at least money wise. But Rashawn Holmes is, I mean, when you sign a guy to a four-year contract, it's really hard to go and then trade him the very next season. Uh, but let me look at Rashawn Holmes' numbers. 12, yeah. 12 points a game, eight boards. I guess he would be, uh, I guess Christian Wood would be a slight upgrade. But I don't know. I wouldn't know how, um, like, how 
willing the Kings would be to trade Rashawn Holmes. I'd imagine that they'd be more likely to trade Marvin Bagley, which could make things interesting. But I do like Mike, you did mention it. Like they do need a defensive player coming in return. Um, They need, they need a defensive guy that can, that can play these matchups like uh, with Joel Embiid and, and they need a guy that can be that. And, and I think Rashawn Holmes could be that. Um, but knowing what the Kings, like my, obviously my very limited perspective with the Kings right now, that is, I think where, like, if you say, Hey, we're going to offer Christian Wood to you. And in return, I think that their first move would be Halliburton or, um, it would be either Halliburton or Davion Mitchell for me. Well, yeah, but then I hang the phone up if I'm the Rockets because what are you doing? You're trading your best trade asset for a guard that you're. I would also get Marvin Bagley. I think they would need uh, it. Would be it'd be Marvin Bagley and either Davion Mitchell or Tyrese Halliburton. So what are you going to do with Kevin Porter Jr.? I think I think you work out a possibility of playing all three of those guys together: Mitchell, Jalen Green, and Kevin Porter. And then you hope that Kevin Porter's defense uh, continues to improve. You have Davion Mitchell, who is a a talented, talented guy um, who's just, I think he's just kind of the reason why he hasn't kind of been there is he just doesn't have that. um, He's just not in the right position. Like I, I don't like Sacramento got him because he was the best player available at the time, but it's just not a good fit for him there. Like it, it, it all makes sense, but he, he is, could be he could be doing great numbers elsewhere. Is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Halliburton's been their starting two guard pretty much all year, so um, I think that would be a, a tougher uh, trade for the Rockets to pull off getting Halliburton. So I would probably say Davion Mitchell is probably what we would get in return. Davion, it'd be like something like Davion Mitchell, Marvin Bagley, and probably like a pick. I'm not doing that if I'm the Rockets, but I I don't hate it, but I think you can get a better package for Wood. I mean, look, if you're getting Christian Wood for like if you're getting Christian Wood for a top ten draft pick, like that's the thing too, is when you put it like that, like Gavion Mitchell was a top ten draft pick this year. And that's what like But he doesn't you're basically fit. getting that but he doesn't for fit. Christian doesn't Wood. Sense. Yeah, but he doesn't make any sense. Because now you would have to take Garrison Matthews out of the starting lineup, which I don't want to do. Like, it screws up in your rotation, and you're getting a guy. I like Davion Mitchell if you move on from Kevin Porter Jr. Because now you're talking about – on from Kevin Porter Jr. I'd rather I don't want Kevin Porter Jr. than Davion Mitchell. So I get I what you're agree. saying, Mike. Yeah, for sure. But, like, that's the thing is, like, if Sacramento – if that was the one destination, because I do think a team like Sacramento – would be interested in Christian Wood. I think that's what the offer would be. And then the Rockets would have to consider if that's an offer that they're willing to take on. They they might not want to because of, as you mentioned, the current complexion of the team just doesn't right. really fit right now yeah. for a Davion Mitchell. And that's why, you know, he's struggling in Sacramento right now, um, or at least not necessarily struggling, but not uh, playing to, like, I think what his max potential could be. Like if he were starting in a different place, like if you were playing in San Antonio, maybe I think that he could be doing a bit better um, if he was playing in like New Orleans or a place like that. Yeah. So there, there's a whole lot of, you know, See. other possibilities. And it's, it's look, I have a limited perspective just because I, I don't follow these teams as much as I do the Rockets. So, um, yeah, but let's let's bring up Alex here uh, quickly for the last speaker of the evening. Uh, let's see what he has to say here. Alex, uh, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? What's up, Alex? Alex going once. 
Alex going twice. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. And Alex is here. All right. Welcome, welcome to the show, Alex. What's your take? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say something about the KBJ uh, situation. All right. Let's, let's hear it. it. It's it's been disheartening to to kind of see how you know society and a lot fans in general they like to champion you know players' mental health and well being, and then as soon as you know somebody they have a kind of a bad preconceived notion of slips up, you know there's just an outpouring this this hate and just you know un, unbearable things across different social medias, and you know I I try to put it in perspective. You know, KBJ is around my age and, you know, I have, I have so many different low moments in my life I wish I could just erase. And then I think about, you know, KBJ, I, I don't want to like air out any of you know, his, his, his past, but it's fair to say that most fans have had like, you know, a much more privileged life and upbringing than KBJ has. And, you know, it, it's just, it's just sad to see, I, I think. That so much hate and just kind of, you know, people, you know, saying, oh, it's like Seattle gang activity or, you know, saying, oh, human decency doesn't matter because he got in an argument and threw an object. It, it just it's mind boggling to me. And but but with that being said, you know, I do think KPJ, you know, he has to go with his people and, and the Rockets organization. And he has to find out if he truly does want to be, you know, a professional basketball player. Because if he does, then you know his chances aren't infinite. There, there, there is a finite amount of chances you get in the league. Um, and if he doesn't want to be a professional basketball player, that's completely fine. Like he doesn't owe it to us or to anybody but himself to do what he truly wants to do. But um, that that's just my two cents. I wish people would be more mindful and uh, you know, more you know, cognizant of just how different individuals can struggle. And it's like all of these people commenting, they're not perfect either. So why, why send this unnecessary hate? No, no, I think, I think, I think you bring up a really good point. I think the, while feeling sympathy for his upbringing, he still has to acknowledge the platform that he has and the situation that he's in. And the fact is, that he was being coached by a guy who is known in John Lucas for tough love. And he may not have felt that at all points in his life, but he's got to understand that you cannot leave the building. And he acknowledged that he acknowledged that it was a mistake, but as an employer, the Rockets who are now faced with the decision of, do we want to give this guy a long-term contract? Because do we trust him to take that coaching in stride? to take that tough love from a guy in John Lucas, who's not going anywhere. Can the Rockets be the right fit for a Kevin Porter jr is now in serious question and it deserves to be. And now it's on him to show that he is willing to show that he's now in a power position of taking that tough love in stride and being able to handle this situation. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And that's why I pointed out that, you know, he does have to decide if he wants to be a professional basketball player. You know, you can tell he loves he loves to hoop. Right. But, you know, it's not I can't be fully convinced that he wants to do all the other things that are associated with, you know, being a player in the NBA and really a professional player. anyway. But that also doesn't excuse, you know, some of the things being said online from not only NBA fans, but from Rockets fans as well. 
And I, I think yeah. both of those things can be true, you sure. know? And then there's room to be compassionate and also firm at the same time. And I think that's that's something that Silas and John Lucas, you know, from the comments I've seen so far from Silas about KBJ, I think that's something they're, you know, they're managing well. You, we, we can say a lot about their, you know, defensive scheme, but I do feel like uh, they they are kind of the right tandem for KBJ. And that, that has, has me uh, at least for the future. Same. I'll say this, um, because I think, Alex, I think you you took a lot of my thoughts and put it into your mouth. Um, and so I'm not saying that you took my thoughts, but, uh, you know, I think we're, we're pretty we're pretty solid on the same page here. But I think what we've learned here um, and I think what we can learn from this as just people is 99.9 percent of people on the Internet suck. Like majority of the people that you run into suck and they will take the headlines of your life and use that to judge you for the rest of your life. So it is important because if majority of the world is reading you and judging you by your headlines, it goes to show you how you need to watch your actions, watch what you say, because people will take the 1% of information that they know about you and turn it into whatever they want to turn it into. And usually it will be negative because it's so much easier to focus on the negatives in a person than the positives in a person. Yeah. The no. true people that you know are going to get to know you for who you are. And that's why I say the internet, because the people on the internet, 99.9% of them, they don't know you in your real life. And they don't know every single little thing that you go through. Um, so I'm sure what... You know, all of the things that have led to that moment for Kevin Porter, you know, 99.9% of the people that know him, like just know of him. They don't really know him. And it's, but also at the same time, a lot of people think Kevin Porter's just a whack dude because of what he did. And it's the stories that were told about him, the headlines that were told about him. But that doesn't necessarily mean that is who he is. And so, but that's, that's an important lesson that I think we should all take you know, for us moving forward, not just with basketball, but life is that, you know, people are going to assume things about you just because of what other people have said. But, um, you know, if you really want to be a friend to somebody, if you want to really get to know somebody, don't judge them based off of the headlines that are going on in their life or their titles or from what, what, uh, you know, what groups they're a part of or, or what people they hang out with, like truly get to know somebody, and judge them based on their character and their full being as opposed to just their headlines. So thank you, Alex, for that. Anything else to add um, before we sign off here? No, I don't got anything. All right, appreciate you, Alex. Thank you so much. Yep. All right, Mike, we've got Washington on the docket on Wednesday. What are you you looking for? Energy, man. I mean, the – Energy. You know, I'm looking for bounce-back games if if Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. play on Wednesday – uh, which I anticipate both of them playing on Wednesday. You know, a little revenge game, you know, for them. Revenge on the situation of Saturday. Come out, ball out, get a good, you know, road victory. And, you know, energy and passion. You know, come out, show that you want to be there. You know, play a, you know, don't turn the ball over. Keep the turnovers down. Make your free throws and energy. Those are my three pillars for yeah. Wednesday. Turnovers were down tonight. Yeah, I mean, they took care of the ball, you know, and – I, I we didn't talk enough about Gary Matt Garrison Matthews tonight. Yeah, we didn't. But um, he, was, he was great. Having him on the court is such 
he's the energizer bunny, man. He brings it mm-hmm. on both ends. You know, I feel like he facilitates the offense, you know, getting rid of the ball. If he's not open, moving without the ball, he just does so many things so well. Um, I'm gonna go with a hot take. Garrison Matthews gets a career high on on Wednesday. Ooh. Team. Ooh. Team revenge game. I like it. Gary, the Gary Bird revenge game. And maybe the Rockets get a win. Yeah. You know what? I'll say that. Let book it. Garrison Matthews dropping 25 Rockets steal a win in Washington, DC. All right. I'm calling Vegas and I'm betting the house on both of them. And then you'll come and celebrate here at Spotify green room afterwards. Cause Michael Brown will be hosting the new, the new episode after Wednesday's game. I'll be off Wednesday, but uh, we'll be back Friday. Yeah. Friday, right? Yeah. Friday, right. Dallas is coming to town and then Sunday, Minnesota is coming to town and recently announced um, as part of today's, uh, you know, the NBA announced a number of games that were switched up. The Rockets uh, rematch with the Sixers was originally scheduled for three weeks from tonight is actually scheduled for the 10th, two, uh, which is one week from tonight, also on national championship night. But the Rockets will be playing on January 10th at home. Part, a second night of a back-to-back against these Sixers that uh, they'll be looking to hopefully get their revenge on uh, on Monday at Toyota Center. So uh, be sure to tune in to the Dream Take after every one of those games and throughout the games for the rest of the season. And you can also follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, at BSW Podcast underscore MB. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Follow us. Uh, follow the Dream Take on Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. Head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Be sure to also subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast listens. Thank you to our audience here live on Spotify Green Room as always. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.